Hey, what's up, Celebration? I hope everyone is having a great weekend. You know, last weekend we had an amazing kickoff to our Heart for the House series, and we also had just an incredible Heart for the House weekend. Very, very powerful. If you weren't here, you probably heard about it. And I just real quickly want to review the 10 initiatives uh, that we have embarked upon in the at the beginning of the year God gave us these 10 amazing initiatives it's the most we've ever done uh, almost all of them have been brought to completion and uh, your prayers and your giving have gone such a long way in making these happen but I just wanted to remind everyone just this year look what we've done we renovated and opened uh, 80,000 square feet at our new Midtown Central location with our offices and our college. Our college has doubled uh, this past year. We finally have offices. We hadn't had offices in two and a half years. We're very, very excited about that. And we're excited about bringing that to complete completion with the renovation of the sanctuary side and making that into a chapel type environment. Uh, it'll be a great Sunday morning environment, but also an environment that, uh, uh, you know, our people can get married in and it's just going to be a really great different environment to go along with all of our other facilities. Also, we launched Celebration Amelia Island. That is going incredible. We're really excited about that. In Zimbabwe, we opened our brand new Howmine location. It's 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 the, the best facility that we've ever had over there. Hundreds of people attending that location. It's also one of our main feeding points. As you know, we feed 25,000 children a day over in Zimbabwe. So we want to thank you for your giving for that. Also, many of you know Orlando opened its second location, uh, Celebration Church Lake Howe, Orlando, in just a couple of years uh, that you guys have been giving to. It's already grown to almost 2,000 people, so they had to open another location. We also launched Celebration Fort Lauderdale, the first part of that launch. We have an amazing facility in the heart of that city. It got off to a great launch last month. We call that the soft launch in our urban campuses. And the second part of that launch is in January. Uh, but that church is just our, our location there is going fantastic. Also, DC Metro joined the Celebration Church family. That is now uh, one of our Celebration Churches. Great church up there with uh, Pastor Charlie and Pastor Keith. And, uh, and then many of you know we, we've, we've paid cash for the land in Orange Park and on the west side. And now we, we're, we're ready to go. We just need a little bit more cash and we are ready to begin construction of our brand new location at, uh, at OP Westside. It, many of you know the piece of land we got is just amazing. It's right off 295. We're really excited about that. Also, we opened the Celebration Dream Center, uh, it, which has just been just a huge blessing. And, and we have a lot of things that we want to continue to renovate and build out there. But we finally have an outreach hub in the part of the city that we wanted to be in. And then at the arena, you know, we renovated the Sea Kids space. We, uh, we, we, the family lounge, I think is almost complete. We have a few things left that we'd like to do with parking and egress and also baptismal pools uh, out in the courtyard. And then finally, the 10th thing is we opened Honey Lake Clinic, the first ever fully Christian clinical medical treatment facility in America uh, that is dedicated to mental health. It also has uh, our, our next phase of that is helping uh, youth with suicide prevention and just so many great things going on out there. You guys are part of that 
and we thank you for that. And then I want everyone to remember this. With all of these things that we've done, okay, we've so far we've done all of these things for cash. Uh, and in the last five years since we moved into the building and the arena, everything, all of our expansion has been 100% cash. We've also paid off five million or uh, six, I'm sorry, six million dollars of our debt. Uh, we've paid off during that time. And so we are in a great financial place. I want to remind everyone that we are one of the few churches in America that is ECFA certified. That's the highest level of financial financial integrity and accountability that any nonprofit organization, including a church, uh, can receive. And so we are in a great place uh, to, to go ahead and now borrow a little bit and build out at Orange Park and finish off these 10 initiatives. We're so close. We're almost there. And I want to thank you for your giving. And I want you to go ahead right now and I want you to uh, hear from some of our city pastors as they want to thank you for your giving as well. Every year at Celebration, we prayerfully consider how God has called us to expand and reach more people with the good news of Jesus. And with God as our guide, we carefully choose a handful of goals that we believe God has called our church to work towards. We simply call these our Heart for the House initiatives or special projects, expansions, or ministry enhancement that help us become better, stronger, and enable us to maximize our kingdom impact. This year, your giving has impacted our locations here in Jacksonville in so many ways. Through your giving, we were able to do things like open our Midtown location, which is now our home to Celebration College, our church offices and tons of midweek group classrooms, and make great improvements to both our C-Kids and Riot Ministries. But we want you to know that your heart for the house giving does not just impact our locations here in Jacksonville. It also impacts our locations across Florida and the world. What you sow with your giving throughout the year helps us expand into new cities to reach more people for Jesus. In just a second, we're going to hear from some of our location pastors. But first, we want to encourage you and thank you for your faithfulness to Heart for the House. Without your faithful giving, both expansion here in Jacksonville, as well as expansion across the state and globe simply would not be possible. So again, we just want to thank you. Let's take a look and hear from some of our other city pastors on what God is doing in their area because of your faithful giving. Hey, what's up Celebration Church? I just want to take a second and say on behalf of myself and the entire Orlando staff, how much we love and how thankful we are for being a part of the Celebration family. You know, one of the things that recently happened here in the state of Florida, we all know was Hurricane Irma. And one of the cool things for me was seeing our church in Orlando and our church in Jacksonville coming together to serve the greater body of Christ and to serve members of Celebration Church. And we just love being a part of that. And we just want to say thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of everything that God continues to do through through Celebration Church in the body of Christ. And also, I want you to know uh, that just here in Orlando, since January, we have had over 1,800 salvations. We've launched another campus, and we are seeing tons and tons of people continue to come to know Christ. And hey, listen, we know that the best days are ahead of us, not only here in Orlando, but in Jacksonville and all of our other locations as well. And so we love you, and thank you so much for allowing us to continue continue to be a part of the family. Hey, Celebration Church. My name is Charlie Dawes, uh, formerly from Celebration Orlando. What's up, Church? This is Keith, formerly of Celebration Jacksonville. And we're up in the uh, Washington, D.C. area right now at Metro Church, uh, one of our Celebration family churches. 
and it is a huge privilege. I would even go as far as saying it's an honor for us to be able to serve the people that are impacting the world. Yeah, and we've, over the last 12 weeks, we've seen over 700 people come to faith. And that's something to be excited about. That's something to make noise about. And so what we know is God is doing something here right now uh, at Metro Church in the D.C. area. And we're just excited about what he's going to do in the future. And none of this will be possible without your faithful giving. We just want to thank you so much for your giving. I just want to take a moment and give you an update on everything that's been going on at the Dream Center. We opened our doors in June, and we started with our summer lunch program. Throughout the summer, we were able to pass out over 1,800 meals to kids in the Grand Park neighborhood. At the end of the summer, we had our back-to-school drive, where we collected enough supplies to fill over 150 backpacks and pass those out to the kids in the neighborhood. These backpacks gave the kids an opportunity to have a great start to their school year. In August, we opened up our after-school program. At this after-school program, we're seeing over 30 kids every day that are able to come to our building, get a snack, help with their homework, play games, and connect with some people who just love Jesus. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for your heart for the house giving. You know what I love most about being a part of the Celebration family is your generous heart for the house. You know, it wasn't too long ago that God put on our hearts to reach the communities of Nassau County and Southeast Georgia. And you wouldn't believe what just in five short months the incredible things God has done. We've seen over a hundred salvations and baptisms. We've been able to reach families who are far from God and broken and just see them see the love of God and connect with God's best for their life. We've been able to see God do amazing things through the hurricane outreach and relief, truly take the love of God to the community and be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. You know, in our high schools and middle schools, we've been able to see the Riot students receive Christ and then take Christ to their schools and change their schools every single day. Thank you for your generous giving and your heart for the house. Hey, Celebration Church, so excited to be part of the family right here in Zimbabwe, Bulawayo. We're so thankful to what God is doing in our city. We love this city so much. Hey, with 95% unemployment and many families breaking down because of, uh, of, of need, uh, because of your giving, you have enabled us to send children to school, feed them and help them with health care. And we, we see many coming to Jesus because of the love that is coming through yourselves. Uh, many buildings are coming up uh, because of your giving. And we're so excited that we will preach the gospel here and we'll see many many people transformed I'm so glad to be part of you and we look forward to what God is going to be doing in our city together hey church this is Layton here from celebration Fort Lauderdale and I just want to let you know I'm actually standing in our venue I'm standing at Fort Lauderdale High School and this is our launch Sunday we actually just had service had a room full of people we we're getting an opportunity to reach people who've really never come to church and never called a church home in Broward County, it says there are 1.8 million people. That's on the high side of how many people are here in the population of Broward County. 55,000 people call church home. And we're so passionate, we're so excited to be able to bring a home and provide a home and create a home for many people to know Jesus. There's an abundance of pain in this city and it breaks my heart to see what people are in. But what I know is that the church is the hope of the world and that we get to be a part of bringing a solution to a city that is trying to escape their problems and find real hope 
and real freedom. And we know, as you know in Jacksonville and you know in the other locations, that Celebration Church is the place where we can bring hope to a hopeless situation. So I just want to thank you for your giving. Because of what you've done, because of what you've given and your sacrifice and your finances, hundreds and thousands of people who are a part of the 97% unchurched population are going to change that population to the church. And we know as a church that we're going to make this place better and all of it's possible because of your giving. There have been many, many tears shed. We've probably lost some blood in this. We've probably lost some sleep. But what I want you to know is there are rewards in heaven for you. What we can't wait to do is to be a part of giving to other Heart for the House initiatives and bringing the same solution to new cities the same way you have brought solutions to this city. Church, I love you so much. Thank you. Thank you again, church, for your faithful giving. We just want to encourage you to continue to pray and ask God what He wants you to give to show your heart for the house. Remember, one person can't do everything, but everyone can do something. We're praying for you, and again, thank you so much for your heart for the house. How about that, huh? Isn't that awesome? Man. Man, glory, glory to God, huh? Come on, church. Let's welcome in all of our locations and everybody watching online today. We're so glad that you're with us. And, uh, well, we, we have so much to celebrate today. And uh, as you just saw there on the video, man, God has done so much this year. And uh, we want to finish strong. And I hope that uh, all of you at all of our locations today, I hope that in a really good way, uh, you're proud of your church and that uh, you're proud of your effectiveness. And uh, we just have a whole lot to celebrate this year. It's been a really great and special year. And as I've been talking, you know, next fall, can you believe it? Our, our church as a whole, we're gonna uh, turn 20 years old. Our 20th anniversary is next fall. And, uh, and God has just done so, so much. And so last weekend, we kicked off our Heart for the House series. And uh, we had an amazing Heart for the House weekend. And so this weekend, many of you are here that weren't here last weekend. That's why we kind of gave you uh, the review there. And then we will give you an opportunity uh, to give your offering at the end of the service today. And I think uh, if you haven't given yet, you're going to be really encouraged to give because I want to show you where we stand right now. And church, I'm just so, so proud of your giving. I'm so proud of your heart for the house. And uh, we just had an amazing weekend last weekend. Many of you know our goal is $2.1 million this year. How many of y'all would agree that that's a whole lot of ministry for a little bit more than $2 million right there, all that we've done? And the reason that we're able to do that is, is you know, our fi financial team and we keep margins. So we're also able to do a whole lot out of operations and, and things like that. And so we, are, we, we really feel like that God is, man, he's just blessing us in a real special way and opening uh, a, a lot of great opportunities. But let me give you an update where we stand after last weekend. Look at this. Okay, so our goal was 2.1 million. Look. We've had 900,000 come in uh, before last weekend. Look, last weekend, uh, we had over $400,000 given. That's like in, you know. But, but look, here's, here's the great thing. The, the cards, I'm gonna talk for that because 70% of our church gives online. I give online, 70%. So the reason why we have these cards, it's not a pledge card. It's just so you can participate in the moment. And so, 
you ask God what you're gonna give, God tells you, and then you put it on the card. It's not a pledge card. You're, you give online, and so you, you have an opportunity to participate. You're just letting us know uh, what you're gonna give and, and when, because a lot of people, they wait to payday or whatever your situation is. It's just a way to make a decision in the presence of God. And so look, we got another almost 600,000 of those uh, last weekend, how about that? So look at that. We're already at almost $1.9 million. We're just $220,000 um, away. So I'm really excited. So I'm sure God's already spoken to one of y'all and you can just write a check for that en entire amount. No, listen, here's the thing. It's, it's, about, it's about participation and it's about you having a heart for God and a heart for God's house. And I hope that you can see that. And, uh, and so I'm excited. I think that we're gonna far exceed that goal. And, uh, and I believe that God's gonna set us up really strong uh, for next year. And um, I wanna, wanna just put a scripture up there real quick um, that kind of speaks to giving and to the cards. And then we're gonna kind of get into, uh, I wanna show you one more thing. And, and then we're gonna get into the message today. But look, it says, Paul says this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Look, so let each one give as what? He purposes in his heart. Look, not grudgingly, not of necessity. In other words, not out of, of, of an obligation or I have to do this or, or, or even like I should do this, anything like that. Not, it's not about that. It says, uh, for God loves a cheerful giver. So what we ask at Celebration at this time of the year, every year, is that how do you decide something? How do you purpose something in your heart? Who, who do you ask? God. You pray to God. If God speaks to you and tells you to give whatever amount uh, that would, would be, then you purpose that in your heart, right? And then if you give in the, you know, if you write a, check. I know some of you, you don't even know what checks are. It's this really old thing that used to happen. But you know, if you, then, then you just, that's what you're giving and you give that. If you give online or, you know, you need to wait to payday or whatever, then we just ask you to turn in a card so you can participate uh, in the offering. And then, but you've, you've purposed in your heart and it's out of a want to, it's not out of half, have to, it's out of obedience to God and thankfulness to God and not out of some type of obligation or pressure or anything like that. Can I have a good amen to that? And so that's, that's very, very important. Now, look, I wanted to show you one thing, put, put our, look at our, cause you're seeing all these locations, you know, and, and, and I want you to see and what God's doing. I want you to see how many decisions for Christ we've had so far this year at all of our locations. Look at that, 9,216. How many of you know that's a lot of rewards in heaven for you? You know, Jesus said, if you, uh, if you just give a cup of cold water in my name, you will certainly not lose your reward. And so that's something that we want to celebrate. I'm not going to get into it uh, today, but, I, we're, but as we get towards the end of the year, I also want you guys to see like the, the number of people that we've had go through discipleship, through growth track, the number of people we have on serving teams, uh, the number of people that have completed different freedom classes and discipleship courses, because, you know, Jesus said he didn't say just reach people with the gospel. That's absolutely a huge part of it. But he also said, make disciples. And this has also been one of our best, most fruitful years 
uh, with that. And uh, we're excited about things we're gonna be able to do uh, next year as we finish strong. Orange Park, I wanna remind you guys, remember the reason we hadn't started in Orange Park is we didn't, uh, we didn't have a lender. So we've been doing everything for cash. We paid off $6 million of debt as well as that over the last five years. And because we're in such a strong place financially, we, we have a lender ready. We just need just a little bit more cash in the bank and we're gonna be off and rolling. And listen, that facility out on Orange Park on the west side, you guys are gonna be really, really uh, proud of that facility. We've learned a lot about this arena. And so like OP, you guys are getting the new improved version of, uh, of the arena over there. And uh, it, we, it's gonna be a very economical building, a little bit smaller, but it's just gonna be a great facility where people can come and meet Jesus. Can you give God a hand for that? So, okay. So look, I know these two Sundays, remember, they, they are, they're a little bit more informational, but we just, it's kind of the only way that we can uh, get these things out. So I'm not gonna go into next year with our Dream Center. We have some great things. If we can finish strong, we'd like to do at the Dream Center. Um, other things, you know, in Jacksonville and Northeast Florida, Zimbabwe, obviously, but there's one thing that I need to let you guys know about because uh, you are gonna see this. And so uh, I wanted to, to kind of get this out there. This is the, one of the things for next year, um, as long as we can finish strong, that we're gonna be able to do. It's really cool. We are launching Celebration Paris. How about that? Celebration Paris. Now listen, this is something God brought to us. This is not anything that we went uh, seeking or anything like that, but here's what I think is really cool about this. Listen, listen. 10 years ago, when we went to Zimbabwe, how many of y'all know Zimbabwe is not a sexy place? It's just, it's just not. And God called us to Zimbabwe. You guys, our 18 locations over there and the thousands of people that attend the church and all the decisions and all the kids we feed, you're giving over the last 10 years. And, and God's faithfulness and Pastor Dixon and all that, it has is, is produced an amazing church in Zimbabwe. It's, um, it's, been, it's been difficult over there you know, with the leadership uh, and, or the dictator, we should say, and, uh, you know, no currency. You saw 95% unemployment. We have labored faithfully uh, over there. And uh, it's just amazing how we've done that, that now, just out of the blue, God's brought us this amazing team, amazing pastor we've been building a relationship with, and this opportunity uh, in Paris. And uh, they already have 70 people on their launch team. I was there in October. Uh, you'll see there's, uh, there's Pastor Gabriel to my right and, uh, and, and Pastor Luik uh, from Versailles. Uh, that we've got a great diverse team and we're right outside the venue, right in the heart of the city of Paris. If you look kind of way back, we'll go back. I'm just showing the Eiffel Tower back there. But yeah, see, see it kind of sticking up? way in the back, like it's right in the heart of the city. And then here's our, uh, our theater that God's given us. It's just an amazing uh, place. And keep going, just keep going. Look, Kaylin was with me on this trip, my oldest daughter. How about that? She was, uh, she was actually over in Greece uh, working with A21 um, with the refugee crisis and also uh, uh, helping to get girls, rescue trafficked girls out of the sex trade and the slave trade over there. And so we were, um, yeah, yeah. So 
So I was on our way back and uh, keep going. Okay, yeah, there's Pastor uh, Gabriel right there. Keep going. Is that it? Okay, there's me and Louis. When I look at myself in these pictures, I'm like, I just look so not sick. I look so well. That's a, uh, I've been battling the sickness the last two weeks. Keep going. And the, the team's amazing. Okay, so here's what I wanna do real quick. Okay, I just want, I want y'all to meet Pastor Gabriel. He recorded a, like a 90 second video uh, for you guys. Remember, he speaks French. So his English is broken, okay? So, so uh, let's, let's get a greeting from Pastor Gabriel here. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Gabriel Oleko, uh, Pastor of Celebration Paris. I'm very excited to introduce myself to you, to you all, to everybody, to the Celebration family, to let you know that uh, we are very excited. My wife, my children, my partners, the whole French celebration team is very excited to be part of a celebration family. Um, we are really uh, giving thanks to God who opened this door for us to be uh, part of Celebration Church. Uh, Paris is um, one of the most visited city in the world. Uh, through celebration, we know that uh, God is calling us to make the great difference in this country. As you know, uh, more people doesn't know God. And we are there to bring them the hope and to let them see uh, and know, to experience who is Jesus. Uh, probably some of you knows that uh, uh, Paris is a great city. Uh, you, probably some already visited the city. I would like to let you to give you to give you just some numbers. Uh, God opened a door for us to be in in the, in downtown Paris, in a very strategic district of Paris, where we are going to have our location of celebration. We have twenty districts in in Paris, and in Great Paris, we are. Uh, 12 million people. So all those people, most of them doesn't, don't know Jesus. And our mission is to bring the message of hope to those uh, Parisians and the French people uh, here in the beautiful city of Paris. Uh, in, the, in, the, 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 in downtown Paris, we have 20 districts and uh, all those districts need to hear about Jesus. There is not a lot of churches in France. And that's why the opportunity of having celebration is really is really guided by God, so that we can together make the difference. How about that, huh? Isn't that a, what a great what a great opportunity we have there? And you guys know, not just a it's not just a global city, but also everything with terrorism and 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 a lot of things going on over there. And so we're really grateful and thankful for that. We're thankful for the opportunities that we have right here in our own backyard. Uh, as well next year. Okay, look, I wanna get into the message. Remember, these, uh, the, it's gonna be a short message. Remember, I delivered last weekend, right? And what did I say? I said, God told me if everyone just leans in and stays through the end of the service, what would happen? The Jags would win. So, so we've established that. So if you leave, they're gonna lose. That's just... That's God lets them win as long as everybody puts him first and stays through the end of the service. And so, uh, so yes, yeah, so I'm going to speak for about 20 minutes 
I'm gonna ask everyone to lean in and then when we get to next weekend, it'll be kind of a normal, uh, more of a normal message and, and all of that because he's heart for the house. We're just trying to get you a lot of information and be excited about your giving and see how God is expanding his kingdom and bringing Jesus uh, to people through your prayers and your giving. So uh, we're gonna go to 1 Chronicles chapter 29 and uh, I'm just gonna unpack the word, and we're gonna look here. This is, this is the, the, the biggest philanthropic gift uh, that's ever been given. And that's not just like you know theologians and Bible people, that's pretty much it, it, it accepted everywhere. We're gonna look at this offering that King David took up for God's house, uh, for God's temple, and we're gonna, we're gonna see some principles in this that are just so, so important. It's, it's not just giving, it's, it's about our walk uh, with Jesus. And uh, I've entitled this message, Why We Do What We Do. Why We Do What We Do. And we're going to talk about having a willing heart. Father, we just thank you for your word, God. Help us to lean in these next 20 minutes or so, God, where we can, we can see how important it is to have a willing heart, God. And we thank you for what your word's going to do. And we're going to lean in because we don't want the Jags to lose. In Jesus' name, and everybody's set. Amen. Amen. I need you to back me up again on that one, God. Okay, so look at this. Look at this offering here. And I, this is, you know, this is, you know, David's been through a lot of trials and tribulations and now it's King David and his son Solomon. What they're doing is they're, 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 they're taking up an offering to build the temple. You could think that uh, um, Israel's been mobile uh, for a long, long time. And, and God really hadn't had a suitable house. They hadn't had a suitable hub, so to speak. And so look at this passage of scripture. You'll, you'll see this is actually seven scriptures and I've kind of abbreviated it uh, a little bit. I'll tell you why. But it says, look what David says. He says, now for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might. I think it's so important for all of us who follow Jesus and have a relationship with God that we're always for God's house. We're always for God's house. You know, the Bible talks about that those who are planted where? In the house of God will flourish. And what I find is my, you know, is my time as a, as a pastor, you know, um, many times I'll meet people and they talk about you know, how they, they, they like God or they love God, but they don't like church. And I understand what they're talking about. They had a bad experience at church. It was just like too religious or they were judged or, or whatever the situation was and, and you know, man-made organization and stuff like that. But I want everybody to understand that if we love God in the right and healthy context, if we love God, we should always love his house. If we're for God, we should always be for his house. It's the house of God. That's where we worship God. That's where we come and we lift up the name of Jesus. This is the place where we engage God on a weekly basis to bring God thanks, to bring him praise, and to lift him up in a world that doesn't lift up God. Do you see? So it's very, very, God's house is very special. Of course, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit now, but there's always, that doesn't negate the fact that the church, Jesus said, I will build my church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There, there's something uh, about understanding the value and how beautiful the house of God is, and we should always be for the house. Look what David says. He says, moreover, because I've set my affection, everybody say affection, because I've set my affection on the house of my God, I've given to the house of my God over and above all that I've prepared for the holy house. 
and we, we talk about this is an over and above offering. He says, my own special treasure of gold and silver. And then he just lists, you know, all this gold and silver and all this kind of stuff that he's given. He says, who then is willing? Everybody say willing. Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? Then the leaders of the father's houses, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds with the officers over the king's work, look at this, offered willingly. They offered willingly. They gave for the work of the house of God. And then they talks about all the stuff that they gave, the gold and the silver and all that kind of stuff. Now look at verse nine. It says, then the people rejoiced. Here's why they rejoiced. For they had offered willingly because with a loyal heart, they had offered willingly to the Lord and King David also rejoiced greatly. Look at this in this passage of scripture, you know, after affection, which by the, by the way, that word affection, it implies emotion. That's another thing sometimes that I hear, you know, people worship or they get excited about God and someone will say, well, that, that's, just, that's just emotion or, or, or they're just being emotional. Of, of course, they're being emotional because they're affectionate. <laughs> or they're passionate about God and the things of God. You understand we're created in the image of God, like God has emotions. They're not all jacked up like ours most of the time, but you can read in the Bible, you can see Jesus. Jesus wept, Jesus braided a whip and cleaned out the temple. It talks about the Holy Spirit's what? That he's jealous, not in our weird dysfunctional kind of jealousy, the holy kind of right jealousy. But we're made in the image of God <laughs> and God, I mean, God has emotions. And so it's so important that we understand that as human beings, that when we receive the Holy Spirit, one of the things after we surrender our lives to Jesus and we receive the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is gonna give us a willing heart. And part of that is us being affectionate or passionate about the things of God. You are, or you are emotional about what you're passionate about, Right? And if you don't believe that, then just get somebody to film you during the Jags game if you're a big Jags fan and let's, let's, let's watch your emotions. But David says, you know, my, my, I'm, I'm, it's important to me. I'm, I'm emotional about this because I understand the power and beauty and what happens in the house of God. And then he says this. He says, look, that, you know, they offered willingly and then they rejoiced because everything was done willingly and there was a little, uh, you know, it was a little heart and they had offered willingly to the Lord and King David rejoiced greatly. So here's what I kind of want to talk about. I got another prayer I want to read at the end. But for the next few moments, I want to talk to you about this principle of a willing heart. And this is one of the most foundational and supernatural things that happens to us when we come into a relationship with Jesus. In fact, I will say this. When I surrendered my life to Jesus, when I really surrendered my life to Jesus, God giving me a willing heart was, was one of the, like, that blew me away as much as anything. Let me read you a scripture out of uh, God speaking of the New Testament or the new covenant that's coming. Look what Ezekiel says. God says this, look, I will give you a new heart. Everybody say a new heart. I'll give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will take out the heart of stone. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and out, uh, out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Look, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes 
and you will keep my judgments and do them. So let me tell you how this worked in my life way back when, when I surrendered my life to Jesus, okay? So, so many of you know my story that, uh, you know, I was real into the club scene and the drug scene and all that kind of uh, stuff. And uh, I had an aunt and I had some people that were praying for me, you know, and I had gone to, to different Christian things when I was a, a young person, you know, whether it was a, you know, a youth something or something like that. And, uh, you know, so I had the seed of the word sown in me. Don't ever underestimate the seed of God's word going into your, your kids and your young ones and, and, and your family. That, that seed gets in there. And then you just need to pray. Come on, and the Holy Spirit's gonna water that seed. And, and, and even though they m- might look so far from God, like I looked at that time in my life, man, God was doing something on the inside that no one could really see on the outside. And so I kind of came to this place where, where I, was, I was just empty and I just knew, I, I'm like, okay, if Jesus really is the son of God, like if he really is like Lord and Savior, if he really is, I wasn't sure. If he really is like the only way to heaven and, and like, like then that's what I need to do with my life. Okay, I can't, I, 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 there, there, there has to be more to the purpose of my life than you know, what's going on uh, right now. And so to make a long story short, um, I surrendered my life to Jesus. Um, I pray for Jesus to come into my life and, uh, and forgive me of my sins. But my prayer was more like, Lord, I need to know the truth. Like I need to know you. Like I had a whole lot of questions and, and things like that. So it was kind of more of a seeking thing. And, and I had a real hard time with a few things. I had a real hard time with uh, things like people being eternally separated from God. How could all my friends here, how could they all be uh, going to this place of eternal separation from God? That didn't kind of line up and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and so it was kind of more of this seeking attitude uh, to find out who Jesus was and, and really to find out the truth. Now, here's why when I surrendered my life to Jesus, here's why it was kind of, I don't want to say it was halfway, but it was in a more seeking type of state. And I'm going to tell you how that finished. Is because when I was growing up, to this point, all of my interactions or engagement with Christians for the most part and with church for the most part, like when I went to the church that we went to, you know, Christmas and Easter and a couple of times as a, as a kid, when I went to that church, I'm just telling y'all, it was like, I'm thinking in my, my, in my, in my heart, like, I could never do this. Like, this is boring. Like, the, I, I didn't fit the religious, the religious thing wasn't vibing with me. Like, like it was, um, it seemed boring. The Bible, the Bible itself, it seemed laborious. You know, when we would read things and then maybe if we would sing a hymn or whatever like that, you know, and like the, all the super old King James and, and you know, the, those songs. I mean, they're awesome now, but you know, back then, kind of the thing I was at, I mean, billows, like what's a billows? What are billows rolling? I don't, I don't you know. What, 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 it's well with my soul. No, it ain't. It ain't well. Like, uh, it, it, like, 
And I would see these, these Christians and they're like, they're going to Bible study and I'm thinking, man, they don't, they don't party, they don't drink, they don't have fun. Like, if I do that, I can't do cocaine and ecstasy and, and all the things that make me feel good, you know, for a moment. And then you wanna kill yourself on the come down. But it just looked like this very sterile, boring type of, of life, okay? So I felt like I could, never, I could never fit in there, okay? And so that's why when, when you know, all these things were happening on the inside of me, I, there, wasn't, there wasn't a church or there wasn't a place where I felt like I could go because in my mind, it, everything, it was just, Boring. It, people did that out of duty. They did that out of obligation. They did that because they felt guilty. They did that because they were weak. They did that because they needed a crutch. They did that because it was just, that's what people like that do. That's what religious people do. Are you following me? But if Jesus was real, I knew that I needed Jesus and all that. So I prayed this prayer and then I started this seeking process and I would try different uh, Bible studies and things like that. And I would try reading the word and, and it was getting a little better, but it was still really out of duty and obligation, but I, I wanted to be saved and all, all this kind of stuff. And so I'll never forget this. That happened for about a year. And I was kind of back and forth. And then I was at this uh, college meeting and it was the last one of the semester right before the summer. And this guy was speaking and he said, if you've never really walked with God, you need to walk with God this summer. And when he said that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Stovall, you've never really walked with me. It was, it was crystal clear. It was loud and clear. And right there on the spot in my heart, I said, because I had seen enough, Jesus had, had I, I mean, in, in this season of seeking, I felt God's presence, like I had, I had all that kind of stuff. I knew Jesus was the, the truth, or I, I knew enough that he was the truth. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, you never surrendered, your, you never really walked with me. Right then I said, Jesus, I'm walking with you. No more back and forth. I totally, I'm, I'm surrendering my whole life to you. Watch, watch. When I did that, I mean, literally the next day, everything changed. It was like a, a, a mask came off. It was like scales, like Paul, it was like scales fell from my eyes. It was all of a sudden, all these things that seemed like obligation or they seemed like duty. It wasn't a have to anymore. It was a want to. I would pull out the Bible and the, and the Bible that seemed so difficult to read and I'd read like half a chapter and fall asleep. All of a sudden, God's word was alive. It was speaking to me. It was like nourishment. I started like to, to, to feel. I started to get emotional. I started to feel like the presence of God. I would feel the word like burn on the inside of me. And, and very quickly, I found a, a, a church a college gathering, and I would go in there and people, man, they would be worshiping sincerely and I could sense the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. No longer did I have to go to church because it was a thing that I needed to do or that I should do because I'm trying to follow Jesus. No, I wanted to go to church. I wanted to worship. I wanted to read my Bible. I wanted... 
My heart had gone from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. My relationship with God and really kind of with the church at large, it had gone from a have to to a want to. Something that was an obligation, something that was a duty. All of a sudden, no, my heart was willing. I wanted to because I was so thankful that Jesus was real and alive and had forgiven me all of my sins and had washed all my sin away and had given me the Holy Spirit and I was a new creature in Christ and I was on my way to heaven and I had eternal life and I just I was just so grateful a willing heart listen listen a willing heart is one of the foundational components of our relationship with God that demonstrates the supernatural power of God when the blood of Jesus washes away our sins and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you see? All of a sudden, watch, watch. Our heart, man, I wanna give praise. I don't have to give praise. I wanna come to church. I don't have to come to church. When I would go, when I, so then when I would go and I would hear preaching, so whatever the preacher was preaching on, after that moment, like before I would hear preaching and you know, maybe so, maybe not. I'm not really, whatever. Like After that, watch this. If it was from the word of God, the preacher didn't have to convince me that living holy was the right thing to do. He didn't have to convince me. Come on. Like what, what he would do, he would preach the word. And because I had the Holy Spirit, or do you see, it was like he, it would confirm it would confirm, oh, of course I want to live holy. Of course I want to please God. Of course I want to renew my mind and do what the word says. And this is, this is a profound moment when you understand this. Listen, listen, for followers of Jesus, I should never have to convince you that being thankful and putting God first and worshiping, come on, and renewing your mind and serving and giving and forgiving and all those things. I should never have to convince you or any follower of Jesus to do that. The word should only confirm what's going on on the inside of you because you have the Spirit of God just like I have the Spirit of God. And you can understand the Word of God just like I can understand the Word of God. That's why if you follow that passage, God says, you know, no longer will every man, will, will, will you teach your neighbor. God says, they'll all know me. From the least to the greatest, everybody will be able to know me. Everybody will have the Holy Spirit. And so, so, so this this, how this happened in my life, this, is, this was my biggest thing after this happened. I just wanted people to know that look, I know what you think, I know you're looking at Christians or you're looking at church and you think it's this duty and this obligation and what's going on, but that's not really how it is. That if you'll surrender your life to Jesus, man, God's gonna give you his spirit and it's going to be a want to, not a have to. You're going to get God's presence. God's presence is a whole lot better than drugs or anything else. God's, God's going to give you, 
God's going to give you a joy that the world can't take away that's not dependent on, 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 on the circumstances of life, but that joy is from Jesus, and you get it because he rose from the dead, and your home is not on this earth anyway. I remember sitting in a friend of mine's uh, office, and uh, he had gotten into insurance or something like that. And he asked me the question because he was a guy I used to uh, party with. And I'm saying this like, you know, like I, I'm used to party all the time. I just want to remind everyone, Chris, Pastor Chris Brooks was way worse than I was. He was such a bad influence on me. I would have probably gotten saved way earlier. But <laughs> no, we were both pretty bad. And uh I was, the guy asked me, he said, well, how do you have fun now? Because I used to, you know, run with this, with this guy and, and all that lifestyle. He's like, how do you have fun now? And I remember I was sitting in his office, I was sitting in a chair and, uh, see if I can demonstrate it. And I was, I was sitting in a chair. He said, how do you have fun now? And I was, I thought about, I was like, I'm having fun right now. I said, if you could feel on the inside how I feel on the inside right now, you would see what I'm talking about because when you come into a relationship with Jesus, everything changes on the inside out of what, of, of what gives you joy and satisfaction and purpose and fulfillment and God's presence. And the foundational thing or the, one of the foundational miracles in all this is this concept of how God gives you a willing heart. That's why when we planted celebration 19 years ago, one of the main things, one of the main things that we all, we want a church where people, they want to come to church. They don't have to come to church. They want to worship God. They don't have to worship God. Church was not meant to be endured. It's meant to be enjoyed. If you enjoy your relationship with Jesus, then, that, then that's how church should be. So this is, this, this attitude of, of willingness here, let me just, let me free everybody up. Listen, listen. You don't have to come to church. You don't have to worship. You don't have to read God's word. You don't have to serve. You don't have to give. You don't have to do any of that. If, you're, if you don't have a willing heart, that stuff is just not gonna work how it's supposed to work. That is not how God designed the new covenant in our relationship with Jesus. Everything that Jesus did on the cross was about removing the barriers and the obstacles and the heart of stone and everything else. So no longer is it a have to, it's a want to. I want to come to church. I want to worship. I want to lift my hands. I want to serve. I want to give. I want to give God some thanks. I want to reciprocate to him back some appreciation for all that he's done in my life. Lord, I want to, from the rest of my life, God, give me a willing heart. Lord, I want to serve you. It's a want to.
Now listen, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that we don't do things only when we feel like it. Okay, a mark of maturity is what? Doing things even when you don't feel like it. Okay, so today, I'm still sick. I didn't feel like preaching. I didn't even feel like coming to church. But you know what? Because I have a willing heart. Are you following me? I have a willing heart. Sometimes forgiving people, we don't wanna do that. Sometimes this, whatever it is, it doesn't feel good. Listen, just because you, you, it's, you're, you're willing, that doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean necessarily that it's convenient. But at the end of the day, watch, my heart is willing because my relationship with Jesus comes out of a want to, not a have to. Put this uh, prayer up there. Here's kind of where David ends up and I'm gonna close with this. Look what it says. It says, therefore David, blessed. Look, therefore David, bless the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. Look, for all that is in heaven and earth is yours. Come on, God's the owner. He gives us favor. He gives us blessing. Listen, I'm gonna please, y'all please don't start moving. Please don't leave. Dream team, please, please. You wanna stay in church. You wanna stay to the end. You have a willing heart. Okay? So look, look, look what he says. Riches, honor, come from, look, your hand is empowering my, in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Look, now therefore our God, we thank you and we praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are your people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? Let me tell you what David is blown away by, okay? This, this to me, this is a type and a shadow. Because what David is blown away by is what I'm talking about today that should be the norm for the new covenant follower of Jesus is this willing heart. Is this, it's, people aren't doing this out of obligation, they're doing it because they wanna do it. They're not doing it because they have to, they're doing it because they want to. And here's the awesome thing that I love about David. David, the Bible says God, he was a man after God's own heart. David was, a, it talks about how David was a worshiper. You know that David probably messed up as much or more than any other leader in the Bible. But you know what it was about David? David kept having a willing heart and he kept getting back up and he kept knowing that God was for him. And even though he would drift and mess up and sin and all that kind of stuff, if he could just get his heart back in the right place, come on, God would come through. God would bring forgiveness. God would bring favor. God would turn it around. And here's what David knew. Here's what David knew. Listen, if you're not willing, I'm talking as a follower of Jesus, if you're not willing, you're not free. That's why you'll see in the Bible, freely and willingly are often talked about in, right in the same context, in the same scripture. When you're not willing, you're not free. Why? Because faith worketh by love. Okay? How do we have faith? It, it's love. Love is a choice. This is the whole thing with God and man and us being free moral agents, that what we, we choose to love God 
the Holy Spirit, the grace of God comes in our hearts. God gives us a willing heart. And now watch, here's what our fight is. Here's what our battle is in resisting temptation and renewing the mind and all those kind of things. Here's the battle that we have is to keep our heart in a place of willingness, is to keep our relationship with Jesus a want to and not allow the cares of this life and all kind of other stuff and giving place to the devil and all that kind of stuff to choke out the word, to harden our hearts, to resist God. And all of a sudden, what happens? Our hearts get in a place where they're not, they're not willing anymore. It's a very dangerous place to be in. And it is the exact opposite of how God has designed us in our walk with him. And I'm gonna give some of you an opportunity in just a moment. If your heart's drifted and your heart's not in a willing place, come on, you're gonna get free today in Jesus' name. You are gonna get free today. Look what, look what David says. He says, for all these things come from you and of your own we have given, for we are aliens and pilgrims before you as were all of our fathers. Our day on earth are as a shadow. Isn't that true? Look, our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope. What David was saying is if we trust in things in this world, we're always gonna be disappointed. And what we need to remember is about this world that's full of pain and brokenness and disappointment. As the Bible says, our lives are but a vapor. We're just here just for one moment. David is saying, as long as we can keep our hearts in a willing place and keep our eyes on eternity, God, you are gonna bless our lives with wholeness and favor and fruitfulness, even though we live in a very broken, and barren place this world. He says, oh Lord God, verse 16, oh Lord God, all this abundance we have prepared to build your house for your holy name is from your hand. Lord, you bless us. We thank you for this. It is all your own. I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in a brightness. Look at this. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, in the uprightness of my heart. In other words, David said, look, remember all of David's sins, all of his mistakes. Why can David say that his heart is in an upright place? Because his heart was in a willing place. He's saying, I've got, I've fought back, I've got, I've got willingness. And here's what happened. His willingness was contagious. You know, when people see someone having a willing heart towards the Lord, it's contagious. You know, when people see that your relationship with Jesus is a want to and not a have to, it is a powerful testimony and witness to them that God does something on the inside of someone. It was one of the major things that I was looking for when I was far from God. It's a major testimony. He says, look, he says, as for me in the uprightness of my heart, I've willingly offered all these things and now with joy, everybody say with joy. I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. What David was saying is, and what the principle of the new covenant under the blood of Jesus is, if God's people keep a willing heart, God will always bless them. He will always bring supernatural favor. You know what, you know what we're in this broken world, in, the, in like this world right now, with all the craziness going on, all the hate going on, all the, the, the brokenness and the pain 
and the racism and everything else. You know what God has called his church to be? He's called his church to be a light. He's called his church to be people that regardless of what's going on on the outside, Lord, we have a willing heart on the inside. And God, we are gonna keep worshiping you. We're not called to be some little flashlight under a bushel. We're called to be a city on a hill. And I'm telling you, God's called you to be a city on a hill. He's called you to show the light of the world. You don't have to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have issues and you're going to have problems. But you know what? If you will just keep your heart in a willing place and say yes to God and keep your heart in a place where your relationship with Jesus is a want to and not a have to, I'm telling you that God is going to bring great things to your life. You'll be able to have joy while you're here in this world and you'll experience the supernatural power of God and you will live your life with no regrets and you will hear well done good and faithful servant enter in into the joy of the Lord oh come on you can give God some praise in that I'm gonna pray for you I'm gonna pray for you right now as no one's leaving as our dream team's not leaving because they have a willing heart to stay everybody sit down real quick sit down real quick I did go a little long today, huh? It's all right. We have a willing heart. This is important because what? By your heads, I'm gonna ask you three things and we'll take up the offering. And then after the offering, I will come back up and I will dismiss you and the Jags will win and all those good things. First of all this, if you'd say Stovall, whether it's the cares of this life or whatever else, I've lost my willing heart and I'm not, I'm not free right now, but I realize that Jesus is for me and God's ready to come into my life. All I need to do is to really kind of give my heart back to him. If that's you, would you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just raise a hand real quick wherever you are? Lots of hands are going up. You can put them down at all of our, all this for all of our locations, everyone watching online. How many of you would say this? You're like Stovall. When you were talking about how Jesus came into your life, or how you really surrendered to God, I think I might be at that place. I think that I might be in that place where I've never really walked with God. And I'm ready to really walk with God. I'm ready to receive the Holy Spirit in eternal life and have the scales fall from my eyes and have my relationship with God be a want to and not a have to. If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to lift up a hand wherever you are. Yes, 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 yes. Lots of hands are going up. You can put them down. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer in church. I'm gonna, if you raised your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer in church. I'm gonna ask all of us to repeat repeat this prayer and help along uh, probably several people who are praying this type of prayer for the very first time. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's coming. The scales are falling off right now. God's going to take out that heart of stone. He's going to give you a heart of flesh. He's going to give you a want to and not a have to. So pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. And Jesus, I ask you to come into my life I surrender my life to you, Lord. I give you all of my heart. Jesus, I receive forgiveness. I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive a new heart. I receive your new spirit. 
And Lord, from this day forward, I follow you willingly. I serve you willingly. I belong to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together, church. That was just awesome, awesome. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. If you didn't give last week, this is your week. I only want you to give if you, if you have a willing heart. No one, if you're new to the church, whatever, I don't want you to give if you feel like you have to, anything like that. This is you hearing from God and having a willing heart. So uh, if you give online or you're gonna give later, whatever God's spoken to you, you can just write it on the card. That's just so you can participate in this moment where you have a clear spiritual mind, so to speak, to hear from God on what to give. And then here's the offering uh, envelope. And uh, man, I'm just fired up about what God is gonna do in your life as you keep a willing heart and you keep saying yes to Him. So let me pray. And if some of you, it's your first Sunday, uh, you weren't here last week, so you might need to tune in a little bit uh, better. And, uh, and we just wanna give what God tells us to give. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. And God, we just ask you, your word says no one should give because they have to. God, but we should all give when we have a willing heart when you speak to us and we purposely decide to give. So Lord, some people are giving later and online, they're gonna put that number on the card, God. Some people are giving cash or check or credit card or whatever in the envelope today. Lord, I just ask you to speak to our hearts, our willing hearts. And Lord, we say yes to you. We give you all the thanks and all the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Just ushers are gonna give you about 45 seconds to fill those out, and then they're gonna pass those buckets, and I'm gonna come up and dismiss you guys. You guys were awesome today.